0: Unbillable Hour Community Table, where real lawyers from all around the country with real issues they are dealing with right now meet together virtually to present their questions to Christopher T. Anderson, lawyer and law firm management consultant. New questions every episode, and none of it scripted. The real conversations happen here. The first discussion is about the pros and cons of hiring a contract attorney to help alleviate a busy workload.
1: So today I want to talk through a decision that I have to make because this surrounds somebody I should temporarily utilize to help relieve some um, production issues I'm having within the firm. I'm sensing, I'm feeling that if I bring on this person, even on a temporary basis, I know that it's not going to be, it's not going to be a long-term. This person doesn't have much loyalty to some extent, but on the flip side, I've been struggling with the notion of the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know. And given my current situation and the length of time it's been for me trying to find that person that uh, the other people to help me with production, just to get stuff off my plate. So and and I I realize and talking through this in general over the last day or two that I could put some different measures in place than perhaps what I would have done in the past to make it pal- palpable and give me that immediate relief and knowing that it's probably a shorter term situation and we can and maybe like we can go through what those provisions should and shouldn't be. Yeah.
2: So absolutely. Let's start though with the need right what what are what are we trying to accomplish so why would you entertain bringing this individual on in the first place
1: i need sanity i need help i need to get myself out of legal production as best as as quick and as fast as possible and or at least limit what i'm doing i may keep one or two cases that i think you know might need my special touch for now and not for nothing relieve another attorney in my office who's partly some of it is his inefficiencies, but the other part is I think he's beyond capacity to some yeah. extent.
2: Great. So for you and relieving pressure by having someone be able to come on and take legal work. So that, that's the need. And you would prefer, and I don't think you said it out loud, but you you would prefer to hire full-time in-house.
1: Correct. I'm still recruiting actively, incessantly, obsessively recruiting for that.
2: Right. And uh, but so and in something that, uh, you know, you are feeling the need of with this pressure to resolve the situation short term, as well as continue your long term efforts. So the, the needs are clear. Why would this person let's start with why would this person be a good fit for the for the role? And I, and I, I don't I also don't think you said it out loud, but you're this would be a contractor with you.
1: Yes, this would be a contract okay. attorney, right?
2: Why would this be an excellent add to the team?
1: We are familiar with one another. He, he worked for me recently in the same capacity. So no onboarding, day one, go. He's a good attorney, very good attorney. Clients like him, fair, like reasonable, a reasonable person.
2: Mm-hmm. On brand?
1: On brand, to some extent, I, I'd say- 50 percent on brand
2: okay what does the 50 percent on brand
1: he cares he wants to do a good job he i don't know i don't even know how to answer that honestly i'm I'm going back to my i'm like think as you're as i'm thinking about i'm going back to the core values of the Mm -hmm. firm he's good with bill he's a good biller
3: Mm -hmm.
1: he enters his time well he enters his time, but captures all of his time. So he may enter his time late, but actually captures most of his time.
2: And are the bills written in a way that they're ready to go to clients?
1: Yes. he He's pretty, he's like 90% great with that. Like better than anyone in my firm, just from natural instinct. I mean, yes, we, we train as well, but naturally he's very good at that. That relieves a lot of stress as well, quite frankly. Yeah. I guess that would be, and he's, he's, Funny. He's fun to be around. We all get along. We already know each other.
2: Okay. So how is he not on brand?
1: He doesn't necessarily geek out with us on legal education. Mm -hmm. He does like to talk some stuff through. However, I didn't add that to the other list. Like when needed, he likes to collaborate when needed, but it's few and far between. Whereas most of us in the firm already collaborate daily. We just Mm -hmm. geek out on this stuff. We also like to see seminars and articles that come down and a new opinion and talk about it. The other thing is we like to over-communicate with our clients. Right. To the point of oversharing and timely responsiveness. Like I- I'm gonna say that our bar is pretty high, relatively speaking. So it's I don't wanna make this a negative because I think in ordinary circumstances, what this person does is more than fair and reasonable, we in-house people just happen to go above.
2: Is that a core value of your business over communicating with the clients? Yes. So in that respect, he's off-brand because it, you know, off-brand isn't just different than other people in your business do it, but it's actually runs contrary to a core.
1: Yeah, it, it runs slightly contrary to a core. He, he's better when it's manageable, when it's not manageable, like a too many cases or whatever or distractions, it completely falls by the wayside. But he's good at also, you know, not doing work when there's an outstanding AR balance. He's mindful of that, so that's good.
2: What do you see as the biggest risk to inviting this person to to pick up some more work as a contractor?
1: The biggest risk is again back to the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. I know that this this isn't designed to be a short term thing. I want to make sure it. From the last go around, it was the client complaints because of the untimely responsiveness was more trouble than what it was worth. I was playing doing more damage control than I was getting a benefit out of, out of him having doing doing production. So this time around, I was thinking of putting well, up certain parameters in that, for instance, in exclusivity, I want to be, he's my exclusive contractor, even if he's going to try to get his own firm up and running. Or rerunning, so, I should
2: say. So he can contract for himself, but not for any other firms other than you.
1: That is correct.
2: Got it. And you think that would improve the responsiveness because you can control his workload?
1: Correct. And assume, you know, until and unless he gets very busy on his own cases, he predicts he could give me about eighty hours a month.
2: Okay. So, do you f- feel that he's absolutely not busy at all then, um, right now? Because that's that's few hours though. So why do you think? I mean, as an attorney who should be able to, yeah, you know, without breaking a sweat, bill 120 a month, and, you know, if you actually hump it, uh, you should be able to bill 165. Why the 80, do you believe?
1: Well, he's going to try to have some of his own cases, and I don't think he wants to work that hard. I don't think he wants to put that much effort in.
2: Okay. And he wants to, you know, know if
1: it's a nice day, he'll go fishing on a Thursday.
2: Right. And that's some why some lawyers take contract work, right, is to have a little bit more of that life flexibility that we as law firm owners also believe we can have uh, if we run our businesses right and get the team that we need around us. What do you see as the biggest risks with bringing him on?
1: So I would also have a clause about whether it be enforceable or not. I honestly don't know. And he probably knows the same thing, but um, the risk of him accepting client, if if and when the arrangement runs its course, that clients want to stay with him.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, as you know, under under most bar associations, like that's the client's choice, right?
1: Yeah, but it's the attorney's choice to accept the assignment. Yeah. So in that event, I was thinking about having a disincentive clause that basically, if if you want to accept the assignment, meaning client said, you know, we give the client a choice, client says, yes, I want to go with this person. The attorney does have the right to be like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Or yeah, come on board. So if he says, yeah, come on board, he's gotta buy me out to some extent. and that's not the right wording. But and again, I, mean, I don't know if it's enforceable. But but
2: so the question was, what do you think of the biggest risk is? So are you saying that one of the bigger risks that you see is that he when and if the relationship or he decides that he has enough business in his own firm, he doesn't want to be a contractor anymore, or whatever happens that he could walk with some of the clients that he's working with.
1: Oh, uh, that and just that he's going to walk in general, whether he takes clients or like, because it's happened. So the biggest risk for me is doing another transition with the attorneys again, back and forth, back and forth, different attorneys. It's difficult on this end. It's difficult for the client. And it's it's a lot of work.
2: Which brings us back to the first guy I asked about the criteria first for why you would do this, because normally I would say this is, you know, bringing on a contract attorney when you want a full-time attorney, not something I would recommend, generally speaking. However, you said sanity, help, and you also have another team member who you feel is beyond capacity. So with those words, I understand the the risks, but with those words, I also generally, I sense a general urgency to this that, you know, where, where the risks are mitigated by the fact that it's a known entity and that you only need to offload as much work to this person as you don't believe your current iteration of people has the capacity to successfully serve, so you face the choice of not successfully serving them. In other words, dialing back the business, not taking new clients, trying to dial down the numbers while you, because you say you're still recruiting while you're still doing that, and then having to ramp back up, which you know is uh, is something that I do not ever recommend to anybody because marketing is a fickle, fickle. The mistress, mister, gender neutral here, and doesn't like to be ignored. And when we dial it back, dialing it back up can, be, can take time and a lot more money and uncertainty than if we had just kept the machine going. So it sounds like the risks of not moving forward are higher, even if he walks with every client that you give him and doesn't pay you a dime for them, these are clients that you don't, by definition, you're only going to assign clients to them that you don't have the capacity to serve properly today. So the loss to the business doesn't exist. I mean, it does exist. It's a real loss, but it's compared, you know, when, I prefer to match, you know, what will happen, what happens if we don't go uh, move forward with the contract? What happens if we do? What happens if we do is we can serve our clients with an, what you said is a very good attorney who the client's like, who keeps good track of his time and gets it entered and that you know sometimes has some issues with communication, but nothing you know that you you're mitigating with you know the exclusivity, versus either not being at all able to serve these clients or worse serving them poorly while you are losing your sanity, not providing help for your other team member who's working way really beyond capacity. If this is my business, this is a zero thought process. It's a no brainer. Move forward. It'd be great if you could t- take this person on as a full time employee. Um, and, and really have that inside the business. But if that is not an option, you move forward and you keep recruiting and you keep trying to solve your capacity problem. And as soon as you do, you owe as much loyalty to the as the contractor's been willing to give you. And you, neither of you feels bad about it, hopefully.
1: Right. No, we, we, we already had that discussion. And yeah. I could also implement just to protect against the walk with the clients. I mean, if he walks, he walks. The walk with the clients is just implement touch points, by me on his roster, every other month or something, just to check in to maintain absolutely. that bond and rapport.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you know you keep pushing the brand and the culture of the firm. I mean I would I don't think that frequency is enough. I would make it bi-weekly every other, every other week. So but it doesn't all have to be like a phone call every other week. It's maybe you'll call them once, maybe you'll send them a handwritten note once, maybe you'll send them a little gift once. Maybe you'll, I don't know, those are three good things. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, uh, you know, so that they're constantly feeling the love from the organization. They've got their lawyer, and then they've got the organization that introduced them to their lawyer and is taking really good care of them, you know, in a more holistic way. The other question would be, like, what paraprofessional would you assign to these cases? And that's another way to keep them close, because my experience is, well, people like their lawyers, they tend to get really closer with their paraprofessionals a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you assign someone that is an FTE um, and what you can enforce and can require is a non-solicit clause uh, so that there's no way he can walk with the para uh, because there is no bar I know of that says you're welcome to hire whoever you want from the firm you leave. You'll give yourself some portfolio protection there too. And then of course you coach the para to some extent, to also be making sure that uh, in their contacts with the client, that they're talking up the firm and keeping them close to the fold and advising you if they sense any squirreliness with the client. Okay. I know this is a big decision, but I think uh, it's just from everything you've said on the need side versus the, the risk side, this is just to pull the trigger, go and think nothing more of it and keep recruiting like an animal.
1: What, what keeps sticking in my head, the reason I hesitated well, A, because of my trauma (laughs) surrounding all this, but also it's like someone once, I think one, uh, somewhere along the line, one coach said to me, you know, don't ever rehire an ex-boyfriend, right? Like don't, you don't ever go back to an ex-boyfriend once you've dated them. So I I was like, it's yeah, but it's a little different, but not really. And so I'm, I was in this like weird space about it.
2: I think the difference here is I, I agree with that advice, by the way. But I think the difference here is you've got no illusions. The reason you don't go back to an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend is that they're not going to change. And so all the reasons why you didn't end up getting married the last time, or worse, did get married and then broke up, uh, are all going to be there. In this case, though, you're not looking to get married.
1: Yeah. Well, I wanted to, but I you know, I got left at the altar. <laughs> yeah. I, off- so now- I made him a full-time offer, but he didn't yeah.
3: want it.
2: So now it's just, it's just a booty call because yes. he does that thing and, you know, he's a friend with benefits until you find the right person.
1: Right. Mr. Right now versus Mr. Right.
2: Yeah. And, but, but like, and it's really important. Like, You're not going back to hoping that he'll change his mind. It's over. That is over. It's just a booty call now. He is serving a purpose because he has a talent that you need and you're going to use it. That's how he's defined the relationship. That's how you define the relationship. And if you're okay with that, you can move forward. If you're not okay with that, then you shouldn't.
1: Yeah. And, and I think part of the feeling is I hate being in this position that I feel like I don't have a choice, although I do have a choice, but not really have a choice. Because, you're, I, because for all the reasons we already discussed, the pros outweigh the known cons, which I can provide and do workarounds to, to limit those negatives.
2: Yeah. Just remember your three constituencies, right? You have to serve your three constituencies in your business. You have to serve the owner, who is needing to protect her sanity and, quite honestly, enhance the capacity of the firm so that you can continue to grow. You need to protect your team. Well, you already said you know the second constitu- constituency is your team. And you said that you're worried that your team is overwhelmed. And your third constituency is your clients, who I am going to guess, even though they've got you, which is awesome, You've got other things also as a business owner, and so your clients aren't getting the service that you wish they would get from other from anybody who you would hire in your organization, including you. So all three constituencies would benefit from this in the short to medium term. I think when you look at it from each of those perspectives separately, take your ego out of it, then the, the answer becomes very clear as does the answer, by the way, to serve the owner by recruiting and hiring out from under this this person as quickly as you can, because that will further serve your sanity because this this is anxiety producing and lead you on a path to more certainty, more growth. Um, And hopefully when you do the recruiting, right, like I predict what will happen is two will show up at some point and you'll have to hire them both. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at Staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot c-c, and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. LawClerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign-up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, LawClerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal.
0: In our second segment, an attorney is wondering how to test the seriousness of a job candidate.
1: A candidate came to me by way of a recruiter. Through the recruiter, seemed very gun ho very interested, like on target, some misrepresentation of facts, but whatever, <laughs> I always have to trust but verify what a recruiter tells me. But the first question um, when I asked this candidate was, so why are you looking for a new opportunity? And the response was very different than what I was expecting due to the communications that I was privy to between the recruiter and this candidate. The response was, well, I don't know. You know, I'm just kind of seeing what's out there. You know, I thought this would be an interesting. But, yeah, you know, I'm just checking things out. You know, very non-committal, non respon And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, is this guy just wasting my freaking time? Like what's happening here? But then we kept talking. And again, this, this, this person I believe has some mindset issues I'm going to have to dig deep into. But at the end, I was like, you know, I kind of took a sales approach. I was like, so I don't know, what do you want to, where do you want to go from here? And he's like, well, I'd love to come to the office and meet you and, and see the the office and maybe have some other people there and check things out. I don't know if he's doing like 007 work or if he's actually interested because his statements are very inconsistent. So I, I put it on the books, but I'm not very optimistic about this because of the way he approached it. How do, how do I figure this out?
2: I think this is a circumstance. I, I, love, I love this question. I get this all the time. Let me turn the tables back on you, though, for a second. How would you deal with a client who is doing that, who is like, I just want to come by the office, meet your attorneys, meet the paralegals, maybe test out the sofa, um, and then I'll see if I can hire, if I'm thinking about hiring you guys.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't entertain that to some extent. I'd, I'd probably say, well, what is it that you actually need? I mean, you're welcome to come to the office. You want to sit in the waiting room. We've got great coffee, have at it, but we're not dropping our day to service you. But this is I, a little different, I think. No,
2: it's not. It's really not. And I think that, that what you just said should help clarify. On paper, is this person, like, resume-wise, experience-wise, is this person a good candidate?
1: On paper, yes.
2: Is this person working for an organization that you are concerned about wanting to poke, do mess up, mess with your business?
1: You mean from the place he's coming from? Yeah. Like, do I want to preserve that relationship?
2: Yes. And also, but are you also concerned that this might be some black ops from them to find out what's going on? No, ni-
1: neither of those two are, is, is that a concern of mine?
2: Then I would, I mean, my inclination with this would be to do the same exact thing I would do with a client, which is, hey, let's just call this person Charles. Hey, Charles, I am, you know, I'm really honored that you, you know, you considered and reached out to us. Um, And, uh, you know, I'd love to explore a working relationship with you further as well. But, you know, I would never waste your time with an interview or putting you through, you know, our questionnaire or our whole our whole onboarding process, which is quite selective, and you know, will be time consuming. I would never put you through any of that if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't serious about entertaining the you as a as a possible employee. And furthermore. If I did go down that road and at some point it became clear that, that I didn't think we were a good match, I would terminate the process again. So to be respectful of you, your time, um, et cetera, I'm kind of getting the feeling that you're just here to kick the tires yourself. And, and so I'm just wondering you know, how much time or energy I should invest in you doing that. What can you tell me about that? And so it's really the same sales question. It's like, you know, what, what do you want to do from here? But it's, it's putting it back on them, like to, to sell you on why you should spend a minute more time with this person in a very respectful way, right? It's you're not being obnoxious. You're not just calling them out on their silliness. You're just, you're just putting it straight. Like, listen, you know, I'd really love to invest some more time in you, but are you worth it? Tell me why.
3: Okay. That's, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. What you were just talking about with your candidate, I sort of had that recently with someone and it was very interesting because I was selling our firm. She seemed like a really great candidate and I was sort of selling my firm and I was selling a lot of the stuff that I've worked on, you know, with you, Chris, because she had been doing everything from A to Z at her current firm and, you know, being able to explain to her that she'd be able to do the stuff that only she can do and the things that other people can do can get shifted off of her plate. And she got really excited about that. And then she start cause she started out by telling me that she's been in her firm for eight years and she likes it and she's, you know, treated well and the work is good. And then like, as we talked more, as we dated more, basically And she learned about what I was presenting, what makes my firm different from certain other firms. It came out all of the things that she was not happy with at her current firm. And she was able to clarify why she was interested in moving on. But she also said very honestly, you know, there are things I'm not happy with, but I know what this is. And sometimes the devil, you know, is better than the devil that you don't. Um, And it took her a little while to make that decision.
2: So, I mean, I think, you know, with that one, just I say this for other people's benefit because you figured it out, is, you know, back to the Alec Baldwin quote in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? They didn't come in to your lot, to your office, to your store to get out of the ring, right? They're there they're having that interview with you for a reason. And that is either a good reason or it's a bullshit reason. But it's, there's a reason. And yeah, you did a great thing by assessing and drawing out what they wanted to change and apparently they've made the decision to do that so congratulations nearly 80 percent of people search for lawyers online they visit websites and check reviews if your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly you risk losing clients that's why you must know how your firm stacks up on google against the competition See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com unbillable. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit, even on the go. Or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com For our last
0: question, an attorney is considering whether or not to overlap an exiting employee with their replacement.
3: We've been sort of cleaning house. I let one paralegal go. I'm planning to let another paralegal go. One of my prior employees who I really liked, who left because she moved away, is coming back and she was extraordinary you know and at the time we didn't think about remote work she left right you know shortly before covid but she reached out to me for a question because her new boss was giving her some issues and she wanted some advice and i said well you could do this this or, th- or just come and work for me again she's like yes great so she's coming back my new associate is starting
2: didn't you hear don't date your former boyfriend girlfriend whatever but there we know you guys didn't break up she had to move away
3: she had, she had to move away because her, her son had to be close to his father and, you know.
2: Her parents had to move to Australia, but now she's back in high school and... Yes, and yeah, she's wearing yeah.
3: a cute pink jacket.
2: Tell me more, tell me more.
3: Yeah. So she's amazing. You know, we are, I'm not going to say we're friends. That would be a stupid thing to do or to say, but we have worked together for a few years she knows my my good and my bad and my ugly. And she, you know, has decided that she can deal with that and actually kind of thrives on it. And I have the new associate coming in and I have the paralegal who is going out. She doesn't know that yet. And part of me, and the reason she's going out is because I think she is like a, a poster child for quiet quitting. And I'm not going to go into all of those things, but there's a lot of kind of like habits that I don't want new people to pick up.
2: So your question is overlap or not overlap?
3: Yes. On the one hand, the old paralegal who's coming back kind of knows, you know, that she exists, that there are things that I'm not happy about with her, you know, and and has demonstrated that she works differently.
2: We'll call it, we're going to call quiet quitter. QQ. QQ. Is quitting, has quit while we're on this call? You don't know it yet. But she's quit. She's turned in her notice at your office. She's pack, left her key. She's packed her bags. She's done. You just, you'll just you find out as soon as we're off this call, what are you going to do?
3: It could go one of two ways. I would do one of two things. Number one, be like, thank God I don't have to have that conversation. Let me just check what's coming up on the calendar for next week. And then it's going to be like, she doesn't keep her notes the way I've been begging her to do. She doesn't update the files like I've been ordering her requesting slash ordering her to do. I don't know what's done. I don't know what's not done. Oh my God, why did I let her stay this long?
2: Right. Is any of that going to get fixed by letting her hang around and infect your new team?
3: Well, I was kind of hoping that the old new paralegal could pull some stuff out of her.
2: She'll be able to figure it out. You will, I mean, I know you've already shared stuff about it, but like quite honestly, you will lose some credibility for, you know, you, you're you going to be trying to set the bar here, but they'll you'll show that you've been tolerating here. And I just, I don't see why you would do that. You know, if there was some critical knowledge transfer that you thought was going to happen well, and that, you know, when she knows she's on her way out the door, that's not going to happen. And so then you have to do it by deceit and lying. I just, I just think you're going to have a better time of it just break like the day just get your hiring date clear and certain with your new and then the other person goes the day before okay and and to the extent that you know some of the notes aren't there and you have to ask clients you know we're not really sure where we are with this you know that's that's your bad for tolerating it for as long as you did thank
0: you for listening this has been the unbillable hour community table on the legal talk network
2: Launch now at pli.edu/interactive or download PLI's mobile app.